Hello and welcome to Guns and Yellow Ribbons Live. I'm Fergus, uh, and uh, today we're going to look, we're going to actually get straight into it because we've got an awful lot to talk about. Um, most of it is about um, the fallout from that defeat at Sheffield United. Um, a difficult place to go, but uh, people with an awful lot of opinion about it. I'm joined by uh, Trevor, all the way out in Cos again. Uh, Trev, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks, Fergus. Good, thank for very good, thanks, mate. Got me tongue-tied there, yeah. Not bad. That's all right. Uh, Scunny, um, you went up there to to um, to Sheffield. Uh, well, it's, you didn't really have to go up that far, did you? So no, I went it, across, mate. Yeah, I went across. Um, and we'll we'll chat to you about that. Uh, Potsy, you're back uh, again. Good to see you. And uh, the man who sto spoke to Robbie on Arsenal Fans TV, Lee Judges, was very, very opinionated and has actually stirred up a huge debate about um, uh, about what should happen next at Arsenal Football Club. Um, we will talk about that, um, but we'll talk about uh, the, the game first and foremost. So Sheffield United, um, sorry, Lee, are you all right? You didn't even say hello. I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm still, uh, yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> we, we did have a little run. Got it all to look forward to on Sunday, haven't we? So I'm looking, yeah, so I'm getting better. <laughs> I'm meeting you Sunday for a beer after the game as well. So that should be good. Right, so uh, after a long international break, uh, Arsenal uh, went away to Bramall Lane. We had to wait till Monday night for football. We lost 1-0 um, to Sheffield um, United. Um, a difficult side to go um, go to. They have, have the probably second best or equal uh, best defensively uh, defensive record in the uh, in the league. They've only conceded eight goals which is two less goals than Tottenham normally concede in a week. So, you know, um, they were always going to be a hard place to go to. Uh, the Gunners uh, went into the international break in a good place in the Premier League. We sat third um, uh, after beating Bournemouth 1-0 at the Emirates. Uh, we extended their home, rec um, home record so far this season with four wins and one draw. Away from home, though, Arsenal remain unconvincing. And I think this is what the theme of what we're going to talk about is. Uh, with only one win on the road in the Premier League this season, which we came against Newcastle, which wasn't very convincing. Uh, but since then, we've scraped draws against Watford uh, and Man United. And we've lost, obviously, as we said, to Sheffield United. And we've lost to Liverpool. So I, I, I've been using the hashtag perspective and we will talk about hashtag perspective in a minute. Uh, we lost to Liverpool, the current Champion League uh, holders, the current uh, Premier League, um, they're at the top of the Premier League. And I don't think any of us can um, disagree that either one of Liverpool or Manchester City will um, will probably win the Premier League. Um, so uh, the the lineups, there was no Tierney, Holding or Bellerin to start. Uh, Trev, I'll come to you first. What did you make of the lineup? Oh well, I was I was very disappointed. Obviously, as I think most of us were, Fergus. I I, I fully think that there was a better defence. That we could have put out a fit. They're now fit, we believe. And uh, I was very disappointed not to see Tierney at any stage of the game. Um, I, you, you all know I really rate holding. Um, and then, of course, Bellerin. I could understand Bellerin maybe not playing because Chambers hasn't been doing too bad. 
But uh, I was very disappointed not to see Tierney and Holding, you know. And as we'll talk about a bit later on, um, we I think we, we desperately missed Tierney bombing up and down that left wing, as we've seen him do already in his short time with us, delivering for our forwards. Desperately missed that. I was, I was very disappointed. And listen, he was fit enough to be on the bench. Um, why, why didn't, why didn't he start, Lee? What, do, what do you reckon? What, what did you make of him not actually starting? I can't understand it. Can't understand it. You know, you you look at it, and it was just all all set up for him to start because uh, Kalasnich um, had been on international duty and played a couple of games. Tierney hadn't, you know, sometimes they say, oh, we're resting players because of international shit. They've had a couple of our games, all the travelling, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then in the week, he says he's fit, he's raring to go, and he don't come on. But he'll play on, he'll play on Thursday. So, um, yeah, great, great decision. Um, Mike, you likely made the journey up there. Um, first of all, what's Bramall Lane like? It's all right. Nice stadium. It's an old-fashioned ground, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's all right. It's, I thought it was. I had a few people saying it was a bad atmosphere in there, but I, I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good. And you, you'd probably understand that what they were singing about a chip butty and stuff like that, didn't you? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So and gravy. Uh, and gravy. Yeah, I, I actually love the song. I, I think it, I think it's really <laughs> funny and really hilarious. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, Potsy. Um. What did you make of the game? The lineups, the the thoughts. Well, the lineup disappointed me. I had no idea why we had seven substitutions that I believe all should have been playing apart from Martinez in goal. Um, I don't understand why Sabios was on the bench. It looks to me like he just wants to either uh, annoy the fans or or uh, uh, frustrate the players. Because for me, we've got Torreira and Sabios that should be. Should be in the first team. They're both on the bench. He's playing Willock as a number ten, which we all know he isn't. Um, right. If he's got, yeah, if he's got any any intelligence about Joe Willock, he'll see that he didn't play very well for the under twenty ones in the England game the other night as a number ten because he isn't a number ten. And what does he do? He goes and plays him. I think Lee said last night as well. He's the first uh, player to come off, which is is fine if you're having a, a terrible game. But <clears throat> for me, you've got players that. He's talking about merit that are only playing on merit. Mesut Ozil's not playing because he's not good enough to get in the side at the moment. But then he's playing Kalasinac, who I think is absolutely dreadful. He's playing Socrates, who I think is awful. He's playing Luiz, who I think is awful. Uh, what, what, what's going on with these players? Granite Chaka walks into the side every game after having nine terrible games. I don't think he was horrendous as it goes, to be fair, Granite Chaka. I don't understand what he was doing for the goal. The goal we conceded was a defensive shambles and he's starting to take lessons off of Mustafi and he's pointing at players and he should be looking at himself. Um, I, I can't understand what that team selection was all about. I still can't understand the Torreira and Chaka thing. I still can't understand why Rob Holding's not getting a look in. And I still don't understand why Kieran Tierney is playing. Now, on the podcast last night, Harry told me that apparently he's heard that Unai Emery cannot drop Kalasinac because he's playing too well. So Tierney's got to fight for his place. Well, tell me what Kalasinac is doing right because all I can see him doing is taking throw-ins at the moment. That's the only thing I can see him completing. In, in, in fairness, Dan, Pepe started and, you know, uh, he's a record signing for us. He's had 34 goals and 74 appearances for Lille. He's not been very um, impressive so far for us, but we've all said to give him a little bit of time. Um, we just scored one goal from a penalty. 
in nine appearances, uh, but he could have got a second, um, but he fluffed his lines. But that was from a great cross from Kalasniak. Good. Well, I'm glad he's done one thing right in nine games. I'll give him that. You're not in a good mood, are you? I'm not. I just don't understand it. I just can't. I can't get it. I can't understand for the life of me why these players are still getting in the team. I wouldn't mind so much if we had absolutely no other option and we're getting through these nine games because we've got the bare bones and we are making do with a stopgap of Lewis and Socrates. But we've got players there on the bench that I believe would be better in the first team. And that's why I'm looking forward to tomorrow night because we're going to get to see him play. But the only frustrating thing is that means they won't play on Sunday. There's no excuses. Sorry, Fergus. I going to say there's no excuses now. We've got a fully fit squad. Uh, there is no excuses to not play some of these players that fans are really are after. You know, I mean, are after watching and, and like uh, uh, Dan was saying there, Sabios would have been a pretty decent player to be playing yesterday because we're just lacking creativity. There was no creativity whatsoever in that game. Uh, the front three, in fairness, were static um, a majority of the time because there wasn't getting any, you know, there wasn't getting anything to him. There was nothing there for him to do. Uh, so, and that well, that's the issue with that, as as well as saying about Pepe. Yeah, it, it, in all fairness, I thought I thought he had a great game on Monday. I thought well, he did I really barring, barring that shot and the corners, which I don't think he should have been taking anyway. When you've got someone like Xhaka who can put a ball in the box, but why put Pepe on? You can see first two corners weren't great. Take him off him. Put someone else on who can cross a ball in. But no, they're stuck with him. But that's, you, see that's the, problem. you see, the thing is, right? The thing is, right? I, I, I'm not going to call for um, for for um, Emery's head. I said I'd give him to the end of this season, and I will, regardless of what anyone thinks of that. But for the first time on Monday, it did confuse me a little. It did confuse... Well, actually, it confused me a lot, if I'm honest. Oh, the young lad Willock, I've got a lot of time for, but uh, how he gets in the side in front of Sabayos, I do not know. Yeah, we're not playing very well. So what's he do? He brings more forwards on. He changes the forwards about. He brings Mart Martinelli on, and, and but that wasn't the problem. The, the forwards were stayed because there was no one feeding them. You know, I, we were screaming out for Tierney, screaming Craig, out for Tierney. Did you see yeah. how deep? That, that Pepe had to go. Like, if you look at that that one he fluffed, that started, um, he started the move in our own box. Yeah. And Pepe, he, played, Pepe played well. Ball. Best game he's had for us. Best that, game that's he's what had I mean. He, had, he, had, he didn't play, I don't think he had a bad game. Barring a couple no. of things, he didn't have a bad game at all. Like I say, apart from that missed shot and the corners, I don't think he had a bad game whatsoever. And then what does Emery do? Takes him off. Well. Yeah, that, that yeah. was at 78 minutes, though. Yeah, it was late on in the game, yeah. It was a 78 minutes, uh, Mike. And, you know, he he's not played many full games, has he? No. I think he played two or three full games. Lee, Mike, you were up there. What what, what was the what was the thoughts at halftime about Pepe's performance then? Um, well, listen, I, I didn't think Pepe was bad, but I don't think the tactics are helping him out. That's what mm. I was saying, because what it is with him at the moment is that Pepe likes to go inside all the time. So what, what Sheffield United done was they put their banks of four in there so that Pepe would come inside. And they, what, what Wild have done was say, right, we'll let, we'll let him come inside. <clears throat> and if it, if it goes outside, it's going to go to the two two fullbacks and let them cross the ball and we can deal with that. What you needed to happen was Pepe being where Chambers was so that he could attack on the right, sorry, attack on the inside or the outside. But what he was doing was going into traffic all the time. I, that, that was to me, and I don't think that his tactics 
for mm. for Pepe were that were that great. And I've, I, I'm I'm at the I'm at the point now with Pepe where that I feel that he's going to be a very very good player. You can see that he's got all the skills and all that, but he's just lacking in confidence. You know, he had a yeah. very very good chance. You know, um, in the second half, which he put wide, it was very close, but he did put it wide. He's done that on three or four, and on another occasion they go in. What I would like to see from 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 him now is like, right, okay, we're going to play you in the games in the Europa League and and the in the uh, League Cup, where where it's a little, we've got a little bit more freedom and, and, and let you get your confidence back. Yeah, you know, say again, sorry. Find your shooting boots. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Without the pressure of of these league games, and and just keep playing him. You know, and everybody keeps going on to me. I'll give him time, give him time and all that. And I agree with that, you know. So so there there he is, playing him week in, week out. Well, why is he not doing the same with Sobias then? Why is Sobias coming in one game and then being left out and then coming back another game, you know? He, you maybe he's finding his feet to settle in a bit, you know? I just, one rule for one, one for another. Do you reckon with Sobias, it's slightly <clears> going off to Bit, but with Sabias, do you reckon it's it's maybe because he's not a permanent signing that he's a loan signing? Well, there's talk of him being a permanent signing. There's a hell of a lot. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. I don't know. I I I, I just look, what what I'm saying about you know like Pepe I, as we're talking about him at the moment. It's not going to the other things, but I I think that he he done okay. But you have to ask yourself when you when you look at Pepe, was he going to get you a goal? Was he going to? I I I felt. No, maybe, you know what I mean, Martin. I, I felt that that was the right thing to do, take him off and bring on Martin Lee and a little bit, you know, quick feet, bit more uh, pace to it and, and someone that was prepared to go on the outside. But I, I, I take the point with Trevor as well, which was a, which is a good point. Like, you know, some, I felt that when, you, when you're playing banks of four and they're playing deep, it's hard to get in behind them. So, so you have to look at, at other areas of, of attack. And it may have been the right decision to bring on Sen. It's all right saying it in high, in, in you know, in, 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 after the horses bowed. But we needed to to attack in a different area, a different, you know, like you're going light for light with Pepe with, with uh, Martinez. If uh, Martinez, if you understand what I'm saying, they could have gone to a back three or, or took one of the defenders off and got Tierney on, and then run at them at, at different different areas. It was just too pedestrian, too slow, too too everything, you know, and. And, and you know, I, I don't want to be singling out um, uh, Pepe because he missed a chance and all that. Listen, Abamyang's missed chances like that before. People keep, and, and, you know, and, and Abamyang was anonymous in the game. Look, Sheffield took the game to us um, from the outset, and then McGoldrick, uh, with his technical ability combined with Muset, uh, what is it, Musette or Musette? Um, Musette. <laughs> and uh, we had we had this scenario here. Uh, let's see what we've got. So, see if the screen works. This is the at thirty minutes. This is the goal. So, we circled um, David Luiz. Uh, people looking at Musa here in the middle, unmarked, left alone. You've got number one there, which is uh, that Kolasinac. Kolasinac. And you got number two, which is. Uh, Shaka, uh, the only person making any effort or anything else to do anything is one of the shortest, longest-haired guys on the pitch, which is um, Gwendozi. What did you... Um, He's not what that did you... short. What's that? He's not short. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he must be quite a tall to be fair. He, he's, he's not really a header. What did you no. guys make of this? 
Well, I, I, I thought that I thought that Xhaka and and uh, Kalasinac were the main were mainly at fault. The big lads won a ball at the back, right? He's beat our three defenders, but it's basically three against three or four against three there. So we've lost that ball, but there's still a chance to clear it. What's what what are Kalasinac and and Xhaka doing there, watching? Xhaka doesn't move towards that ball. Xhaka does not work. He's looking straight at that player in front of him. He can see there's no one near him. What is he doing? Why ain't he on him? I, I, I can't figure it out. Well, the, the guy in space there, obviously, you could you could argue the fact that Xhaka's watching the guy behind him. So you've got Kolasniak there as well, who's not even attempting to go near him. So in all fairness, neither of them was talking to each other. No one's screaming at each other. No one's saying, get on your man. There's no, there's no talking whatsoever. Because the fans were behind that goal, and I was pretty much there as well. I was only <laughs> a few rows back. And the thing is, no one was. You couldn't hear any of the defence or out. You couldn't hear no one talking, and we, we are we were quite close to him. It wasn't as if we was far set far back from the pitch because we won, and you couldn't hear nothing. And obviously, like you say, they just got caught ball watching and not even interested. Can, can I can yeah. I make a point there? If I was if if I was doing my coaching, and you put that up that screen up again, right? And I'll I'll ask the question right now because what and happens I'm, is you go through you go through things like right? there's three there's three Sheffield United players here, yeah. So. Out of those four players, three of them would have been told which one's to mark. So I'm going to say that the one heading the ball, maybe that was Quendozi having him. Chambers on the one in the middle. And I don't know who that is on the on the is the third one in the middle. I don't know who that is, but that's that, um that's Kalasniak, that is. All right, so, so who's this? That's Socrates. Yeah, who looks about four right, stone so, over oh, right, yeah, Socrates, right? So, so Socrates is picking up his man, right? So David Louise, right, what is he doing? We can always blame Shaka and um, Kalasnach, but what is actually David Louise doing? Who's he marking? Because the other three are being marked. So my 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 theory is that his man is this one here in the middle that's on his own. So he should he's been attracted to the ball, which he shouldn't have been done. He should be standing right in front of that man there. So when that ball comes in now, he's got to header it out because he should be in front of that man. We're blaming Kalasnach and Shaka. But realistically, I don't think it's there. I, mean, I think it's delayed David Louise's man, and he's he's been caught ball watching. And you know, it, there's, right, right. if there was four players at the back there, I would say that. But there's three Sheffield United players. So what I is think he it's doing? Between, it's obviously between David Louise and Kalasinac looking at that. Chak has got the lad behind him, or, or should have the lad behind him. Kalasinac is looking at someone, thinking, "Who's got him? Should it be me?" And Louise is in no man's land there. I mean, exactly. look, he circled him. But that no also, it also comes down to communication as well. No one's talking to each other. No yep. one's saying to David Louise, come back, there's a guy here. Or, you know, you know what I mean? Even Leno, even Leno, you know, what's yeah. Leno doing there? You know, is he is he talking? Is he saying, who's got him? What's going on? You just don't know, do you? Well, you've got the captain there, haven't you, as well? To be honest, don't forget, that is all happening in a, in a split second. You know what I mean? Like, it's, all right, it's all right saying, oh, well, he should have been seeing that. That ball comes over, it's like that. It's quick as that. Oh, yeah. But but the fact of the matter is that players are not doing their jobs properly. Now, that, that's not down to the manager. But what I'm saying from that point of view there is that 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 David Louise is 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 getting away with it because everybody keeps blaming Kalasnach or blaming um uh Granite Xhaka. But when it yeah. when it actually happens, he's left his station. I don't you know, and Trevor, you've watched a lot of football over the years. Have you ever seen in in football a player, a professional footballer, 
have a tap in from two yards. There's, there's normally a great big scramble. If you ever look at any go back into football, when there's when it goes down in from a corner and it bounces loose, there's a great big scramble. I, I if you put it up again, he's 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 in space by about ten yards between any of our. Look, it's it's absolutely comical that he's got see, that much space in a corner. Where's the, the where's the players on the post? The, well, the thing is, Lee. The thing is here, Lee. Right. I, looking at that, you could almost think that we're using a zonal marking system, right? And they're, and they're all in their zones. And I can see the point you're making of, of Louise getting dragged out. But I still can't get out of my head that, 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 that both of those players at the back are facing the ball. They're facing the ball. And, and, and they, so they can see that bloke in front of them. Now, if, 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 if Xhaka or Kalasinac had gone forward onto him, and then it's gone over their edge and the bloke at the back post nods it in. I sort of understand that, right? I sort of understand that because it, they've gone for, they've seen a bloke in space on a goal line with a tapping, like you just said, Lee. You don't see that, right? And, and, and I'd have said, yeah, all right, they went for the bloke in space, but I still can't get my head around how he stood there like that and he's had that tapping. And I'll tell you something else as well. They might have blown, they might as well have blown the final whistle after that goal because yeah, we weren't going to score all the week. We weren't going to score goal in the week. Trevor, you have to ask yourself as well, right? This is another point, yeah? You've got, well, for, for the life of me, I don't understand it. We bring everybody back from a corner. Everybody. Abamian, we have Sacco as five foot three comes back. What job is Sacco doing? from a corner he's not on there but he's five when I played football it was the two two smallest players get the posts so when things like that happen if you was on the post there you'd come out of your post there and and, and attack that that defender uh, sorry that forward you know what I mean but no one we haven't got that so where are all these where are all the our defenders gone from that corner we've got 10 players back there's eight of them there it's just it's just poor poor defending Poor organisation. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is someone at that football club is getting paid to set, to set up like that. Getting paid and getting a lot of money and wearing the Arsenal tracksuit every week and, and setting up things like that. Well, he should be gone after that because it's abysmal. It's, it's not acceptable. It's not acceptable. Lee, can, you, can you see the comment well, if there? There's that, no, if, if there's hang no on, one, hang on, Trev, one second. There's a couple of comments up there. First of all, Paul Robertson uh, comes along to Ray Parler. Uh, Saint Tony Adams would tell him he's your man. If he scores, it's your fault. Excellent, um, brilliant. And and Manny uh, Riz says uh, Musetta was free before the corner was even taken. Leno should give Louise and Shaka a shout. Them they, they weren't marking anybody. It, it, it's still going back brilliant to brilliant point. Is a good it, point actually. Yeah, it is a good point. But they're professional yeah. footballers. Do they really yeah. need to be told by a manager and by a captain not to do their job? You know they've you know. David Louise is. I, I just, you know what? They don't care about defending. They don't care about it. They're happy to, to to play across the park, do all the fancy stuff. But there's players in that team that just don't care about defending. They didn't care when the ball went in the back of the net because they no one was shouting and screaming. You know, I, I, I've spoken to Kevin, 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 yeah, and he'll tell you, in the dressing room, Martin Keane and Tony Adams are having a fight because they've conceded a goal when we're four-one up. Not 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 nil nil. No one gives them cares. You know what I mean. This is what I'm saying. You know what I mean. I just all trotted. 
Mike, I tell you, there was no there was no inquest after the goal, after that goal. They just walked off and said, "Oh right, well, we'll carry on to the next goal." Well, it's like a lack of leadership, saying. lack yeah. of passion, yeah. lack of leadership. Yeah. And I said it last night. The only passion I saw was Freddie Lundberg getting booked on the sideline. That was the only passion I saw. You beat me to Shocking. it, there, mate. <laughs> oh, sorry, Scunny. You beat me to it. You're all right. I was just about to say exactly the same thing. The reason why that is going on and everything else with with every uh, you know I mean with with Xhaka there, he's meant to be our captain. He's meant to be our leader. He's meant to be you know I mean he's meant to be so that organizer as well as Leno and David Luiz, Socrates. They're obviously they're the main two in defence. They should be organizing in that defence. There's no leadership. There's no one telling people where to stand, who to watch, and like uh, I, I can't remember who put it on a minute ago. Uh, Tony Adams, he made sure he, was, he said to Pete, like, say, that's a real captain. He, he says to you, yeah, Paul, he tells you who to watch. If you lose your man, if he scores, it's, it's your fault, which is right. It's, it's the right thing to say. It's it, That's how it should be. And we, we just haven't got that. I think, Trev, you, you said it might as well blow on the, the, the final whistle at that point because from then on in, it was Sheffield United defending incredibly. Um, they've not lost a game uh, in the league since they were le- uh, when they were leading at half times for nearly five years, 2014, it was the last time they'd done that. Um, Shaka, Shaka did force Dean Henderson into an excellent save, uh, but um, uh, Sheffield also came close uh, um, and, and, and could have won the game when. Um, uh, so I've just been I've been put off because Jonah was there. Uh, Dave Hurl. Yeah. Uh, if people don't know already from the audio podcast, Dave Farrell goes to a few away games. I went to Cologne with Dave and uh, we were having a beer in the square afterwards. Um, and he says, you know, I've been at eight games. I think it was. He said the number he he came along and said, I've been to eight games in Europe away. And, uh, and I, I haven't seen Arsenal win away. And I said, what? You tell me now after I've spent money and travelled and hotels. So, yeah, thank you, Jonah. Um, yeah, but yeah. He, he came to us before the game because we saw him before the game. Uh, he was, there was a bit of a group of us. And he, I remember him saying, if we lose, it's my fault, lads. So there you go. We know whose fault it really is. Yeah. So if anybody else sees or tries to sell a ticket to Dave Hurl, um, they need to <laughs> straight uh, decline him. From yeah, I, I think I think Arsenal Football Club just need to revoke his season ticket or at least his away <laughs> privileges. So, but the um, there was a couple of penalty shouts. We had a shout for Socrates. They they shirt pull in the first half. Uh, who who wants to come in on that one, Trev? You haven't spoken for a few minutes. Uh, do you know what? I, was, I, I, I didn't see that one. I was, I was hoping you'd ask me about the other one, Fergus, to okay, be honest. I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll go to Potsy on that one and I'll come back to you yeah. on that one. All right, mate. It's a penalty, isn't it? It's a blatant penalty. I don't. I know we're going to talk about VAR later, but I, I don't get it. What, what What's going on there? That's a blatant penalty for me. He's tugged hold of his shirt and um, he's pulled him back. And, you know, because Socrates hasn't made a massive song and dance about it, I think the referees just let it play on. Thought that was a blatant penalty. Um, the other one we'll got, I'll let Trev talk about, but um, I, I, I weren't sure about that one. But for me, Socrates was a blatant Stonewall penalty. You can't do that in a box now. I thought they were supposed to be getting rid of all this shirt pulling and stuff. And uh, VAR has just not even been called for it, I imagine, is it not? I don't know. But it's just nothing well, seems to have even Mike looked at uh, we, we, exactly. we have VAR, we have VAR and the referee uh, Mike Mike Dean Mike Dean has a, a tendency he just totally seems to refuse uh, to look at VAR um, three 
off the 10 bookings for diving in the Premier League this season have been awarded by uh, Mike Dean. That's 30% of all the um, bookings that have been awarded have been given by Mike Dean. No other um, referee has issued more in the campaign. He gave uh, out two cards for diving uh, on Monday night. Uh, Trev, you were talking about um, the Saka one um, where he clipped his foot. Uh, I'm interested to hear what you think about that one. And also, I'm interested to hear uh, what you think about um, the yellow card that he got issued as well. Well, it's simple, Fergus. I didn't think it was. I, I could understand if you never give a penalty that, that you could or you couldn't have given it. But he he didn't dive and, and it wasn't a yellow card. And Mike Dean just likes the sound of his own whistle and the sound of his own voice. Never had time for the man. Never had time for the man. Um he, he sticks his nose in the air and he, he and, and he thinks he's the main man on the field. Well, he's not. If you ever watch this, Mike Dean, you should be seen, not heard. Referee the game and leave the rest out. It, it wasn't a dive. He was caught, the young lad was caught, and uh, and it wasn't a booking. And I'm not. I'm surprised we haven't heard on the news that the Arsenal have. Can you appeal a yellow card? Or is it no? You can't appeal a yellow. Sorry, you can't appeal a yellow. You can't. No, I didn't think you could, but. Uh, <laughs> But did you did you think okay? I, I I don't think he dived. I think there was some contact. I don't think it was a yellow. But does anybody think it was a penalty? No. Uh, it it uh, looked like a, I thought it looked like a penalty. Well, but we was at the opposite side, so it yeah. did look like a penalty from for us. But after watching it back, no, I agree with Trev. It wasn't a dive. It wasn't a penalty. Yeah. You see, it's really it's really interesting listening to Liam Mike tonight, right? Because I, you know, for the first time this year, I'm starting to realise. What a different perspective you get watching it on the telly and being at the games. As you boys know, I don't get very often this season, whereas before I've, I've not missed a game, you know. Um, and it's interesting listening to Lee and Mike tonight because uh, I'm getting a totally different perspective on some of these things. It's, it's uh, very interesting. Very interesting indeed. Yeah, we, we, we've, we've said it before when I know when we've done the audio podcast last season, um, when we're talking to the likes of Max and Manny and, and, and some of the others. Um, and uh, we say, well, no, when like, at a home game or an away game, and then they go, well, no, it didn't look like that. It looks so much different when you're a live football. And we have to bear that in mind as well when the referees um, are seeing live football happen. It, it looks so completely different. But, you know, there's 90 games, and, and we will... I'll tell you what, before we, before we go into VAR, just to finish off on this game, defeat for Arsenal means we miss out the chance to move into the top four. We're two points off Chelsea. Um, who are in fourth? Who would you put down? Um, first of all, before I just find out on your, your, who you would plan your man of the match, I think we touched on it slightly. But what did you make of the substitutions? Uh, you'd uh, Willock at, uh, at 45 minutes went on for Saliba, Shaka for Lacazette. I was actually pleased with that substitution, although Shaka didn't have a bad game. I, I, I'm not a fan. Um, and Pepe for Martinelli. I thought was probably right. anybody anybody think anything different? Yes. I don't know if you, yeah, I was going to say I don't know if you heard through the telly or not. Um, did you? I don't know if you heard it, Lee, as well. The fans when Jacka's name number yeah. got shown up, I don't agree with that. I don't it's agree not that. right. I agree. Uh, did he get booed? He was coming off. I think with the Shaka one being coming off, I think, look, if you're if you're a goal down 20 minutes to go, 10 minutes to go, you're the holding midfield player. It's the obvious one to take off, whether you're captain or not. Henderson come off on um, Old Trafford at Man United. He's captain. We, you know, you, sometimes you have to look for an attacking option. And that's why I think that he come off. But I, I don't think that we're 
where Emery's playing Shaka is doing him any favours whatsoever. He's now that's the, I think the third time in or the second time in three games he's come off to clitch to people cheering him and all that. Like you know, I, listen, I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm not um, an advocate of that, you know, but. It's frustration from the fans. Mm. The fans know that he shouldn't be playing in that position. The pundits know that he shouldn't be playing in that position. Potsy knows that he shouldn't be playing in that position. But Emery does, you know, yeah. Emery, Emery does. And, you know, that he's the man that, that, that makes the decisions. And He's so, got the nude photos, hasn't he? He's got the nude photos. That's what it must be. Uh, he's got something. He's got something. <laughs> Who would you Fergus. say your man of that game? Just finishing off on that game, um, who would you say your man of the match was? Uh, Fergus, can I just put this comment on to just answer that question? Because yeah. uh, what I feel Ben Bennett has put here is right, and he was my man of the match, Matteo Guendouzi. Only one that seemed to care Monday was Guendouzi. He was livid at half time. I, I know you're, you're, you, we've got a joke around Fergus, and you say, oh, he's, he, you know, he flaps around and stuff like that. But I think consistently over the last nine games, he's been our best player, even more consistent than Abamyang, who has been top scorer. I don't think that Gendouzi's had a bad game this season. I look at what he's done and what he's, he's achieved already. He's I already progressed for. One of his first or second games was was not great, which I criticised him on. Um, but I think from the Tottenham game onwards, the guy has just grown and grown and grown into the role. And uh, yeah, listen, I, I I was happy to eat my words, and I think he's. I think for me, I agree. He was the man of the match uh, from an Arsenal point of view. Closely followed by Chambers and Pepe, and at times, if he if Pepe had scored that goal, he would have done it. But. Yeah, sorry. I agree. On. I think that's all right. I think Chambers had a, had a very good game as well. Uh, I thought he was probably the best of a bad bunch at the back. But for me, what I love about Gunduzi, which no one actually uh, ever touches on, is how much trouble other players put him in. And he's so casual and calm on the ball. The amount of times that either Leno, Socrates, Luis pass him the ball because they have to play this ball out from the back all the time before they lump it long. And he's got two or three players on him. He rarely loses it. And I think the guy is playing above his years he's by far the only one who, who to me looks like passionate about it and I think when it comes to leadership oh man he's just put it there look Gonzaga shows a level of leadership that Chaka doesn't and it's exactly what I was just going to say about leadership for me because Chaka is supposed to be our captain and Gonduzi is showing a more passion and leadership than Granite Chaka and that for me I can't that's the only positive for me this season is that Matteo Gunduzi has been fantastic. You've all been at the Emirates and seen him when uh, I think it was even against it might have been the Villa game and he's there and he's Ging up the crowd, and he's he's trying to get he's trying to build something. Um, I I I, I really do rate him. Listen, we uh, anybody else uh, man of the match? Uh, Potty, I got yours. You got mine. Lee, what, who was your man of the match? I, I thought Callum Chambers. If I'll be honest, so to, to be honest, I'm you know like I'm a big fan of Gwendozy. I, I, I thought that's probably his worst game that he's had in 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 the nine that he's played in okay. that midfield. I thought he played. He done okay. Worked really hard, which is what you expect. But I felt that. It wasn't one of his better games. Um, that, that's not his fault. I, I still thought he'd done okay. But I didn't think he was, you know, the standard that he set himself has been fantastic, by the way. But I just felt that he wasn't quite quite there. Uh, I felt Chambers done okay. I, listen, it's hard to get him a man in the match from there. It was, they, yeah, was all, yeah. they was all, they were, they was all below par. And, and you know, but I, I wouldn't argue with Gwendozi. I thought that, you know, if he's getting, this is the problem. If he's getting man in the match for probably his worst performance of of, of the nine that he's played, he set himself a, a very, very high bar though. Yeah. Scully? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Lee there. and It's going to be the first time I'll probably not pick Gwendouzi uh, for Man of the Match. Uh, I agree. I, I don't think he had a great game, but I don't also think that was any of his fault. I think I was down to the players around him. But Callum Chambers, Callum Chambers for me was stood above everyone else in that sort of sense with his defending and his running forward and even crossing balls into the box. He made uh, He made himself look really good. Trev? Yeah, I agree with the lads. I, I can't give it to, to Gwen Doozy or any other midfielder for that matter because we didn't look like winning a game and they're the people that create the chances. So Chambers for me, out of a bad bunch, out of a bad night, if I've got to say someone, it's Chambers for me. Okay. Right, that's um, that's uh, Rebecca or Terry, as he's called, <laughs> has, uh, has uh, voted Mike Dean as man of the match for Sheffield United. Thank you, uh, Terry. Rebecca, uh, you know what? Your missus is really going to be annoyed how you're abusing her Facebook profile. <laughs> Fergus, <laughs> Fergus, Fergus. Terry's sat next to me now. He's out here visiting me now. He's oh, sat he's in here. He's going to next. Tell come around here. Hello. Just, just do us a favour, Trev. <laughs> tell, him, tell him them tickets were amazing, mate. <laughs> that ticket. Well, he can hear you because he's listening. Oh, he's can hear you. Listening. Yeah, he great, great ticket. Thank you very much. Tell him. Yeah, he's a bit like you, Fergus. So he's got a face for radio, so he won't come on. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Trev. I got control here, remember? I got the buttons. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, what we're going to talk about now is VAR. Uh, Mike Dean, we touched on earlier. Um, Mike Dean uh, seems to have a complete aversion to referring anything to VAR. We saw it against uh, Tottenham the, the, in the Tottenham game, I think. And I actually, in that one, when we'd done a podcast about it, I actually praised him that he he... he type of took control of the game himself and didn't need to, like you look at Michael Oliver and um you look at some some of the the the, the other referees we got Martin Atkinson at the weekend uh, against Palace you look at some of the other referees they seem to be living on the earpiece and the microphone a little bit more and I, I did think um fair play to him just trying to referee old style but we look at the we look at the um, the incidents with uh, the penalty shouts, at least one, and the yellow card uh, in the Sheffield game. Uh, you look over the the weekend, like VAR, uh, VAR arrived this season, and despite much debate about how much is impacting, there's been 19 goals that have been directly affected by the video referee. Um, four awarded and 15 disallowed. Arsenal have only had one decision affected uh, by VAR, which was the Aubameyang goal, which was deemed uh, onside rather than offside against Man United. Um, I'll stick a link if in, in uh, to an article in the comments uh, on here afterwards so people can read it. But there's been endless debate about wrong decisions over the weekend. Um, and, you know, there's been 90 games played so far in the Premier League and not on one occasion have they gone to the screen by the side. What's the point in having the screen by the side? You had the Tottenham penalty, a Burnley goal at the weekend, Liverpool, Mane, uh, did it hit his knee or his hand or what? Uh, Jimenez, sorry, Jimenez, uh, chest, not handball, um, Deli Alley, a goal was given where it came off the top of his arm shoulder. I, I, I don't agree with uh, all the decisions, but you know th th that Tottenham penalty that should that should have been given. That was definitely a penalty. The... Well, Fergus, no. stick on that Deli Alley one, right? Stick on the Deli Alley one for a minute because it's the one I think most people will have studied. 
that clearly hit his arm, right? And I'm not saying it just because it's a Tottenham, although it does warm me even more. It's not just because of that. The, the, you look at the VAR, you look at the big screen, it's clearly at his arm. Even Deli Ali knows it's at his arm. Look at his face. Yeah. And they won't change it. The VAR ref won't change it. Now, I think the only reason he won't change it, maybe, is because he don't want to show the ref on the field to be being wrong. Because it's so obvious. We can all see it. And, and I think what happens in... I'm only going to go on to another sport briefly, Fergus. Don't worry. But in rugby or in cricket, the umpire or the ref makes a mistake, right? And they eat humble pie. They take it on the chin. They change the decision. The right decision is finally reached. And the game moves on, right? That's not happening in football at the moment. For some reason... That VAR referee on uh, at Tottenham decided that Deli Alley didn't handball that ball. 100%, we all know he did. We saw it. It's clear as daylight, you know. It even came up on the screen at no goal. So something is going on there, and I think they're actually scared of upsetting the referee on the field or undermining him, whichever you want. And it's frustrating. If you're going to use it, make the right decision or chuck it out. Get it out. We done we done a, a poll which is about to end in about twenty minutes on guns and yellow ribbons on Facebook, and I'm just going to check it now uh, to see where it is. And I'll ask you guys the question as well. I don't know if you voted on it or not, um, but I said, um, given uh, given an an option to vote on VAR, would you vote to keep VAR for the next and following seasons? Trev, would you have? Yeah, definitely would I. Yeah, definitely keep it. Because if it's if it's used correctly, we get correct decisions. Definitely keep it, but use it right. Don't be afraid of undermining the ref on the field. You're not undermining him. You're just making the decision right. Make it right. Move on. No one's embarrassed. All the fans are happy. So, yeah, keep it, but, but learn Watson. and learn. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> What did we bring it in for, VAR, to prevent controversy? What have we caused? Even more bloody controversy. Get rid of it. Bring it in if it works. It don't work at the moment. Scrap it. Every single decision was pretty much wrong at the weekend. I can't see how Chris Wood's goal doesn't stand for Burnley. I don't understand how Delhi Alley's is a goal. I don't understand how Fatongan doesn't give away a penalty. And I really didn't understand how Mane's goal was disallowed. And the Jimenez one, actually, as well. So, for me, all of it was wrong. VAR isn't working. The video lino thing, uh, sorry, video screen thing at the side isn't being used. If they're not going to use it correctly, I'd rather get rid of it. The Socrates thing uh, last night was a blatant penalty. Again, another mistake. So what is it actually there for? For me, it's just made even more controversy. Get rid of it and bring it in when it does work, because it clearly doesn't at the moment. That's what I've got to say about it. Funny. Me? Sorry. Um, in its current form of the way it's being used now no i can't agree to have it. it i think you should just get rid of it it's it's pointless doing it exactly the same reason what stan's just said it's not working and it's pretty similar to what i'm gonna go with trev there they're not overturning the refs they're too scared to i don't know what that guy like i say i no one everyone knows by now i'm not a fan of var i think it's just a guy in a van bashing his bishop you know what i mean not really doing anything so I just thought his dolphin, flogging his dolphin, yeah, flogging his dolphin. It is pointless because it's just not working. He's got he's got two buttons he can press. He can either say, you know, I mean, decision or no decision, and he, he can't even get that right half the time. And like Trev just said there, when they do get it right, the ref doesn't really go for it. It says it said no goal, then it says goal. What's what? What? I just don't see the point. And then when you got play, and then you got referees like Mike Dean who won't even go go to use it again. What's the point in having it if the refs aren't prepared to use it? 
or you've got the old style refs refusing to use it, then get rid of him. As we all know, the referees in the Premier League are terrible. You know, I mean, they don't even get invited to the World Cups, they don't even get invited to the European Cups. My thing will be retired soon enough anyway. Well, let's fingers crossed. But this is what I mean. So our refs, by through through it through any any other league in the world at the minute, our refs need some serious help and they're not and it's there for him to use. They're just not using it. Lee, any anything to add? What, what, no, what's I, 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 I totally agree with 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 uh, Mike and Dan. At the current format, get rid of it. And like, there's a couple of things that I say. Half the time, they turn around with the with the um, the saying, "It's not clear and obvious." But then they give an offside when it's um, like a, a millimetre offside. Yeah. Is that clear and obvious? Is that clear well, and obvious? Against us, against Man U, mate. Yeah. Which was nowhere uh, yeah. near. Like, listen, you know, I just, I just seen what Paul said there. We would have never have, we would have never have lost that. We would have lost at Old Trafford without VAR. He's two yards on the side. If you if you have the official doing his job properly, there wouldn't be no need for that. That's that's just a horrendous decision. And realistically, after that, that that linesman should never line again because if you can't see that, you know what chance have you got? Yeah. You know, and listen, you know, the, 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 the VAR didn't get the one wrong with Marne because. You know, once it touches the the hand or the arm, it's it's deemed no goal. And you've got Deli Ali oh, that didn't celebrate, did, did not even celebrate the goal because he knew it in his arm. You could see in his face. You know, sometimes on the turn, well, you can tell if he's lying by what he, by his face. Well, you could see by that he never celebrated it. He knew it was going to be given, not given, and it's given. And it also for the fans that go to the games. We, we haven't got a clue what is going on. We don't Isn't know what's going on. That is you the know, worst part you, of it. You know, you know what, Lee? I, I was actually going to say, and, and, and Dave Atkinson has put up here, said um, uh, it's good in rugby. And I watched uh, Ireland get absolutely smashed by New Zealand in the rugby on Saturday. Um, but watching the game and uh, watching the TMO and listening to the referee, the referee was mic'd up. You could hear him. Obviously, it's a different culture there's more respect uh, way more respect for the officials in in that sport than there is among players in 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 the sport we like um but um i i don't know all the rules very well i i played rugby as a young kid um so i know the basics but i was able to understand exactly what was going on um i could see what was going on on screen and yes when you're at home you can see what's going on on var um but people in the stadium could and there was one particular incident which was towards the end of the game where ireland could have got a penalty which could have given them a try um but there there was a tackle made and I could hear the referee saying, TMO, can you check this? And can you check number six green? If he's gone in heavy on uh, number five black, I can't remember, whatever. But uh, you knew exactly what was going on. And the TMOs are constantly double-checking stuff for the referee. It's a slower game. I understand that. But they've got it. They've got it right. Cricket's got it right. Tennis's got it right. There's got to be a better way to do what we're doing than what we are doing. I love disagreeing with everyone. I do. If we get rid of VAR, it don't go forward. Interesting point, right? Why Why won't they let us hear what a referee's saying? The technology's there. It's very simple. Tony Adam. To hear what a referee's saying, right? <laughs> they, they won't let us hear what a referee's saying because, firstly, all the players are swearing over the microphone, so the telly would have to be bleeping all the time because they have no respect for the referee. And secondly, these referees wouldn't want to be seen to be being wrong in football. They're different people, these football referees. They're not for... 
A lot of the time they're not very good. But as Lee said earlier, it's a very quick game. You can't see anything. You can't see everything. The ball pings around. Everything's going off all over the park. So you've got to let the rep. You've got to let the this this VAR or the fourth official have a look at that screen and have more of an input and not be afraid to say to the ref, "Oi, Deli Ali, I bought that. Cancel it." I know you've not the, seen it. It's a shame. It's, but the book, chalk it off. The, the, it's <laughs> over. You know you can't if 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 you want. Boys, if we didn't have VAR, I know we just spoke about it. Manu was a horrendous decision because he weren't a little bit onside. Aubameyang was a mile onside. But if we didn't have VAR that day, how many people, how many Arsenal fans would now be saying, we need VAR, we need VAR, you know? Yeah, I agree with that, Trevor. Yeah, I agree. Trevor, yeah. the, the greatest thing there for VAR to, to, to really work, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm sure I'm speaking for Mike as well. Watching the game, I never see, I never see the pulling of the shirt. For the, for the for the soccer free, soccer team's thing, it don't matter how good or bad a referee Mike Dean is, he probably didn't see that as well. So that's when VIR should come in and just say, Do you know, did you see that? Look at there's the pulling of the shirt, and it's clear and obvious that that's 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 happened. But what's making it a farce is because they're not doing nothing about. It. We, we're seeing all these mistakes and seeing what's going on, and then then they're, they're choosing to ignore it. So what's the point of having it? That's what I'm saying. You know. You know no, I agree, mate. 100% I agree, Lee. 100% I agree with that. But it's just not being used properly, so why, why? it's just it's just a waste of time in its current format. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying if it was being used properly, then fantastic, but it, but it's not being used properly. It's just it's just a waste of time. It's, it's spoiling the fun. It's spoiling yeah. the fun because we're, we're celebrating goals and then stopping and then you're not celebrating the goal like at Man United. You know, that's the first time I've never really celebrated a goal. You can't, you can't celebrate a goal two minutes after it's been scored. It just it just didn't seem right, you know. And it's taken you know spontaneous to score goals and things like that. And now it's all pre. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm sorry. Under the current format, now it's not for me. I think what Fergus has said as well about respect for officials. I think football fans would have more respect for officials if they just held their hands up sometimes and said, "Yeah, okay, my fault. You know, I didn't see it. I apologize." Like what Trev says, you know, with the with rugby. When they've screwed up, the game moves on. You know, I mean, they're old runs up, off they go, carry on as they were. If more football officials did that and just said, like, you know, all right, my bad, you know, I mean, let's carry on. I apologize. It'd work out better and people would respect, I would, I would say people would respect the officials more by doing that. But, of course they would. Of course they would. You're yeah. exactly right. If, and, if officials hold their hands up and say, hang on, Dropped a clanger yeah. there. I'm going to put that right. We'd all respect them more because you did take balls, you know, to, to do that. It yeah. really does. Um, and and see if it was working. Socrates has had his shirt pulled, right? So Socrates, why ain't this official in his truck somewhere on the other side of the country saying to, saying to Mike Dean, Mike Dean, get over to that touchline, have a look at that. If if yeah. and it's not, but but then again, I get the point. We've, we all make where it slows the game right down, and, and the fans don't know what's going on. So I think VAR should stay. But I agree with you, boys, that in this current format, it's it's not worth having, is it? You know. Um the the way the um vote stands at the minute is quite similar to the way we are because we're sixty forty on it, and it's forty two in favour. And there's uh, 58 um, who would like to ban it. So um, there's four minutes left. If um, the the the, the yesers or the knowers want to jump on, it's on Guns and the Yellow Ribbons Facebook page. Um, we did have 
uh, a topic that I was going to talk about, which was uh, Mesut Ozil, but I think we've kind of done it to death. But I think we'll bring it back uh, maybe next week, which um, I'll just give you the, the, the outline, which since joining Arsenal six years ago, uh, Ozil has missed 101 games. And he's only had one major injury in that time. Most of his absence have been explained by um, strange illnesses and minor niggles. We're not going to talk about that now because I think... The I can other... talk about for you in two seconds. <laughs> not interested. Move on. <laughs> OK. I think the elephant in the room is more about um, what's happened since Sheffield. Um, there has been uh, talks, including from yourself, Lee. Um, there's been talks about, like, you know that the manager should be, uh, the head coach should uh, be uh, ousted from his position. But what what I um, thought when when I when I I heard you say that, because um, I was a bit more with uh, Robbie and saying like, you know, he's got to the end of May, top four is his target, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and you look at, uh, we talked among ourselves before and said he needs two or three windows. Um, I, I asked the question. I, I sent it out uh, to some of the guys in the chat. Uh, there's 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 three questions that I asked. I said, "Is this squad good enough for the top four to win to get into the top four? Is this squad good enough if it did get into the top four to be a Champions League sign uh, side um, where currently in the Europa League we got to the final last year? Um, and I would expect, even as it stands at the moment, that we should be Minimum semi-final would be a fair assumption. Quarter-final, semi-final. Um, would we be getting to that level if we were in the Champions League next year? And the final question was, and I'm, I'm going to ask you all three of these, Lee, and then we'll everyone can have a debate. Uh, the final question was, um, what would Freddie, because a lot of people saying Freddie take over until the end of the season, or a new manager do with this squad? The mic's open to you. Right, well, what I would think a new manager would do with his squad is um, is play the players in the right position. That would be one. That would be very, very helpful. Um, what I'm what I, what what I'm getting at is they're saying I'm not saying like sack him. And what I'm turning around and saying what I'm seeing and the way we are playing and the performances that we are participating at this moment in time are not going to be good enough to get us in the top four. We will not wake the top four the way we're playing at the moment. We will get beat. We'll get, you know, if we play like we did uh, against Bournemouth at the Emirates on Sunday, we will get beat. If we play like we did against Sheffield United, we will get beat. And what I'm saying is these performances continue to keep happening. Now, people turn around after the Bournemouth game and turn around and say, well, you can't ever go about the performance because we've got the result. Fair enough. I agree with that. Like, you know, so when you get a bad performance and not a bad result, you're not allowed to say to, to, to voice your concerns. And my concerns are that, you know, I just feel that um, what I'm seeing at this moment in time, what I'm seeing with um, our, our play, what I'm seeing about a team like... She I watch Sheffield United, uh, you know, Mike, Mike was there as well. He might come along and, and agree with me or not. I watch Sheffield United and I see a team... Uh, that are not as good as us as, as far as players are concerned. Certainly not got the firepower we've got. Outclass us and outcoach us and tactic-wise and everything that I've seen there. Now, I, I look at this team at Arsenal and people go, give him time, give him time. And I look at like someone like Brendan Rodgers and look what he's done at Leicester, how, how he has turned Leicester around and made them an exciting team. And they were certainly in disarray under uh, Poyo, whatever his name is. And... 
I just haven't seen that same impact under Uriah Emery. And I'm wishing that I, I had done. Uh, I'm desperate for him to do well. Um, but I just don't see it. And, and oh, we're going to wait another year and then we, we, we come fifth or sixth and, and everybody go, oh, well, we'll start again next season. Bleeding. You know, I, I haven't got no loyalty to this man whatsoever. All the, my loyalty is to Arsenal winning games of football and Arsenal to be challenging for, for honours and challenging for the, the Champions League spots. Not Lee, Lee I, 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 I get that. And I've got no loyalty to Unai Emery either. Um, but do you want to have a revolving door like that at Old Trafford? I, I, I think I said it before. Like we're 18 months, two years into a project of transition after 22 years of uh, one manager and a regime. Um, they were 27 years in and they're in all sorts of crap at the minute. Do you, do this, is, this is, Fergus, I, I agree with it, but this is the trouble. This is the trouble with Arsenal fans at the moment. They compare, we're comparing, oh, look, we're, we're comparing ourselves with Liverpool. Oh, well, this is what it was like under Jurgen Kopfka. Now we're comparing ourselves with Man United. I ain't worried about any other teams. You know what I mean? What's a, what is it to say that the next manager isn't going to be successful? Because Man United have messed it up, does that mean to say Arsenal are going to mess it up? At the end of the day, you know, a revolving door or not, you know, if you've not got the right man, so let's keep the let's keep them in, let's keep him here to the end of the season, get six in that because we don't want a revolving door. You know, I'm 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 not I'm not having that. I'm not buying into that. You know, I I had two or three years of Arsene Wenger producing not good performances, but I wanted him to do well. I was hoping he'd do well, but he had credit in the bank with what he's done. This manager's got no, I've got no credit in the bank whatsoever. And what I'm seeing is, you know, we can all say, you can all say like, you know, Granite Xhaka is playing week in, week out. Now you've got people like uh, Potsy moaning about that, but, but that's what, this is what this manager is doing, you know, and you have to go back. It's not just these nine games, by the way. Look at the eight games of last season when we needed to win those games to get into the Champions League. And look at the, the performances. Look at the performances that have, that have been there. Look at the performances. Do you, do you know, say, we, we've only scored uh, uh, two goals. Uh, no, uh, we've only got two points in the last 24 um, away games. Yeah, well, there you go. Joe. You know what I mean? So you've got to be somewhere along the line. You've got to say, do you know what? Something's not quite right here. Something I'm not, is something's not being, it's not being improved. Now, I'd love for it to be improved. But what I'm seeing is, is in-app performances followed by the same mistake, two clean sheets in 24 with 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 players. And then, I, you, you know, look at, look at it. Sheffield United, you're turning around saying, oh, Sheffield United did defensively very, very good and whatever like, you know. Then they've got this, they've got the budget that we've got, but they've got a manager that's coached them and made sure that they're not going to concede goals. We've got a manager or a coach at this moment who's just allowing sloppy play all the time, you know. And you have to say to, to you know, how, I'm going to go on to the Mesut Ozil thing because Mesut Ozil's been dropped because he's not doing well, right? I've got no issues with that whatsoever. But I see week in, week out, David Louise and Socrates making the same mistakes and week in, week out, they're still playing. Why can you do that to him and not the others? And then I see Shaka continuing to play bad. I see Willock, who, by the way, I think has been playing really well this season. He's had one half a bad game and he's out. I don't see that with other players. And that's my frustration. I'm not having it. I've just, just what I've seen over... No, 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 people people listen, were you... jumping off the bandwagon after the Liverpool game. I say that. People were... 
I, I don't know who went, went to that game, but I come out of that game and people were turning around and saying, he's got to go, he's useless and all that. And I went, hold on a minute, I'm sticking up for him here. Going, hold on a minute, they're the champions of Europe, they're a very, very good side. I could understand what his tactics were that day, but I haven't seen it enough. I look at Brendan Rodgers and I'm, I'm getting jealous of what Leicester are doing and the energetic sort of things that he's brought in. And, uh, you know, from Leicester, look at them now. I, I fancy Leicester to get into the top four and they was a million miles behind us six months ago. That's all I'm saying. I'm not, I don't, I, I don't listen, mean to be disrespectful to the manager. I just don't see us progressing but, under this manager. Listen, um, I'll come to the other guys now in a second, but Manny uh, commented and says Leicester and, Chess, um, Leicester and Chelsea seem to have more direction uh, in a few months than us uh, with Emery over, over a year. Um, you know, uh, I like Manny. I like him. I was going to say about Chelsea, him, really. I, I know, <laughs> I know, I know. Lee was on about Leicester, but Chelsea seem to have found a lot of form in the last few games, and they're they're really hitting the mark now. And they're going to again, you know, after last year with Sarri and all the troubles they had. Now they've got Frank Lampard in charge, and he's doing really well. And they've found a lot of form, and it, they're just going to overtake. You know, what I mean, they're going to overtake us even further now. Uh, so I can't. You know, I mean, I agree with Lee uh, with a lot of things. After after going to away games last year, away games this year, nothing has changed in the sense of the tactics, the style of w what we play. I can't, I can't justify that. You know, these away pan away fans pay just as much money as home fans. As you know, with you, you know, with trains and hotels for some people, and and the ticket itself, it's a lot of money. And we, we, us as fans are expected to pay to watch that. It, it it's not on, and. When it comes to, you know, I mean, I've seen a lot of people comparing, you know, I mean, like um, Unai's first so many games against Wenger's last so many games. How many how many players now are in that side that were under Wenger? About four was started yesterday on Monday. Mm. You, you know, you say he needs so many windows and stuff. Like he's got four players that started under Wenger. True. True. How can you? You can't turn around now and tell me that he's. Is doing it th that way, you know. Is he surely should have cemented his own tactics. He should have cemented how he wants to play. And if this is how he wants to play, and this is how his how his tactics are, then surely I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say differently to Lee in that respect. He's got to go. Trev, um, you're the guy who said uh, give him some windows briefly. Uh, your your view in it because I know Potsy is chomping at the bit to have his say about this. And also, I think Potsy's also got his. Uh, with a, a, a one to eleven as well, but um, go on, uh, Trev. Right, okay, okay, look, I've been around long enough to see Terry Neal's head being called for. Uh, no one was happy with Bruce Rioch. Avenga was 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 everyone. Well, not everyone, but many people wanted him out at the end. And to be honest with you, I've never expressed that I want a manager out, right? And I, I never will because I, that's not how I work, right? I don't disagree with anyone. But I must say, and I said it earlier, right at the start, I am confused with what Emery's doing at the moment. I don't see any progression. I don't know what how the man's mind works. Monday, the last game against Sheffield United, hit the nail on the head for me in that we had a better defence on the bench than we had on the field across the line. Not just one player, across the line. We had a better set of defenders on the bench than we had on the field. So I am confused. I'm not going to support him. Because, because I don't know what he's doing. I wish he'd do things differently. But I won't go as far as to say I want him out. I, I said ages ago, he, he's got till the end of the season for me. 
and he still has. But I don't know where he's going to change my mind on, on what I think about him in a moment. Just want to touch on the Ozil thing. The Ozil thing, boys, I, I don't, it's not about injuries, is it? I don't even think it's about, like, selection. Remember the last two years, he's, he, especially away games, he's ill, he's ill, he's ill, or he's got a niggle. There's something wrong there, boys. There's something much deeper that none of us know about, I'm telling you. One day it might come to the surface. I don't know. But Have you seen his wife? You what? Have you seen his wife? <laughs> not as often as I'd like to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. oh, Fortnite's, Fortnite's come back on, hasn't it? That's probably why. Listen, Potty, um, talk to us. Talk to us. Go on. Uh, well, I, just you wanted really... to you. I just wanted to answer you three questions really quickly that you gave us. And I think that, are we good enough to get fourth? No, we're good enough to get third. We have got the third best team on paper in that league. So there's no excuses. We should be getting top four. If we get fourth, then I, I still think we should be getting third ahead of somebody like, whether it's Tottenham, Chelsea, whatever. Right? Because on paper, we are the third best team in that league. In terms of the Champions League, if we keep the squad that we've got, I believe we're the third best team in the league, which means I believe we can compete in the Champions League, whether that's quarterfinals or whatever. I don't think we'll see ourselves getting past that stage. And that would be quite a, an achievement if we were to be in the Champions League this season. And when it comes to Freddie, you've seen already, that with uh, Freddie Lundberg, if the rumours are true, which I believe that uh, the source I have is very reliable, that he has been taking control of the Cup games and the Europa League games. So for me, that is the sort of football that we'll be playing with these players. Now, I, I do not believe that we're going to get third. I do not believe that we're going to be competing in the Champions League. And I do not believe we're going to play that style of football. And there's one reason why, and that is because we've got Unai Emery in charge, who at the moment is so confusing, it is unbelievable. Because those players should be good enough to get us a position in the league, which is third or fourth. And I do not have the full 100% confidence that we're going to get that in the way that Unai Emery is playing. Honestly, it's, it's, it's madness. Stephen Tompkins says third best team. Lots of laugh. I don't care what if he if he laughs. That, that we have got the third best squad. This is a better squad than we had last season. Okay, and we are playing worse football. Potsy, Who is to blame? Potsy, the manager. Potsy, you're so right, son. You're so right. We, I think we got a cracking squad. I don't even want to see many people come in. I think if it's used correctly, then we have got a cracking squad. Just something I, I want to ask. Um, Lee and Mike, because you were there. Watching it on the telly, it looked like um, Freddie was spending a lot of time on the touchline, you know, whereas we've seen Emery up in up until very recently spends every minute of the 90 on the touchline. Watching on the telly, it just looked like Freddie was having a lot more input. Well, he got booked, didn't he? So he obviously was. But did it appear, was that the case at the ground? Was, it, was, was Freddie spending a lot of time on the touchline? I, to be honest, I didn't. I didn't notice. I've, when when you're at home, he, he he seems to have a little bit more of an impact, say, than someone like Steve Bold, because Steve Bold just sat there. It, it does seem to be having a little bit more of an impact and all that. But what I noticed of of Emery, I don't know if it was noticed on TV. Every substitution, he was debating with his assistant for far too long. It was like you know mm. trying to work out what was going wrong and all that. Where last season, it was just sort of done instantly yeah that's what we're going to do and, and, and when and done it and I just feel that he's getting confused I, I do feel with him that he's under under a little bit of pressure to get to top four and I think that that is making him far too cautious and I think that that's what he's worried about things going to go wrong I think he's going to have to let the shackles go and uh, and go for go for it I do believe um, whether 
whether he was an appointment, Trev, or it was the board that put uh, Freddie Lundberg in there, I don't know because it seems like, um, as you say, that he seems to be getting a little bit more of a say than, say, someone like Steve Bold that had been there for a very, very long time. Um, I think, I I think have... he gained his stripes with the under-23s, didn't he? Yeah, but Steve Bold done a fantastic job with him, by the way, but that seems to be forgotten because he wasn't sort of like, you know, uh, Arsene Wenger's puppet. Um, I, I just feel that, um, you know, that uh, I think there's, somebody said the other day that, you know, don't forget that Uri Emery isn't this current board's manager, you know, coach. So maybe they're looking, you know, I don't, I don't think they'd be happy with what's going on at the moment. Surely they can't be happy with what they're seeing of, with that footballing at the moment. I also feel, I've got to say this, and I'm going to stick up for him slightly here, that have the board really 100% backed him? And I don't think that they have because, you know, he made it very, very clear from day one that he wanted Saha as his as his player. But what what he got, what what um, the board went and got him was was his apprentice. You know what I mean? Like a younger version, um, you know, not quite ready yet, Pepe, like uh, a lot younger than Saha as well. But I feel that they never quite backed him. If you ever look at the, the certain players, that he, the, the, the money that they actually spent weren't a great deal. So I'm, I'm, I'm a, a little bit feeling that maybe the ball are not quite as convinced that he can do the job as well. So, um, you know, uh, I don't think that... Well, I say like about this Freddie sorry. thing, about this, this uh, you know, like... Uh, yeah, He's letting him coach on a on a on a Thursday night. Well, maybe he is. I don't know. But it's a different a different kettle of fish. Managing, uh, you know, coaching in in a Europa League to to uh, to what it's like in in the Premier League. You know, in the Champions League, the group stages, teams are winning four and five nil in that. You know what I mean? So it's going to be quite, you know, like the the the, have, the, the have, standard is going to be very low in the Europa League in the group have, stages. Have, have we lost our identity? What identity? We ain't got an identity no more. So yeah, yeah definitely. Exactly that. What, exactly what is our that. identity? What is uh, under <laughs> Arsene Wenger? You might criticise him for whatever he done, but it was gun ho attacking football. Can't defend for Toffee, but it was attacking. Now we can't defend for Toffee, and there ain't no attacking. And well, we, we ain't making changes either. You know, it's 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 interesting what Lee just said, right? Because. He said about um, Emery being a bit wary of making changes this season and maybe he's being a bit bit cautious. But the start of last season, when he was new in, that was what got me excited. If we Yeah, give it fresh well, pressure. Exactly, Trev. Totally you know, agree. You have three subs on the touchline after half-time. Get on there and change it. So what's yeah. gone wrong with him? Is it because he was a Gazidis appointment, Lee, and they're now moving on with Raul and Lundberg and Edu? And maybe he's feeling a bit pushed out or under pressure. Yeah, you're right, mate. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, but his performances from his team that he's coaching aren't doing very well on the pitch, are they? And that, I think if, like Lee said about the board, um, if they're not very convinced by him, then surely that's that's unconvincing as it is. Uh, the performances aren't speaking anything for him at the moment since his first appointment when he first came in. 
I think my biggest thing with Unai Emery at the moment is he doesn't know his best 11. He has no idea what his best 11 is and he doesn't understand how to utilise that team. And that for me is, is is the thing. And this came up earlier. This is not my my uh, first 11. This is what was from, uh, I think it was Football London. And this is what he, they, is believed to be Unai Emery's best 11 when everybody is fit. And I, I'm only going to disagree with, with a couple of things in it. Now, David Lewis for me should be dropped for Callum Chambers straight away, but the rest of the back line and Leno obviously Obviously, I agree with. Totally agree with Torreira, Guendouzi and Ceballos. But uh, Lacazette, Pepe and Aubameyang needs to somehow work together. Now, for me, I don't like Aubameyang on the left. I really don't like that. I think that he is a great centre-forward. As soon as he comes uh, from the left-hand side uh, into the centre, he normally scores like he did against Spurs where we drew two all. So how do we utilise that is my question to you boys. Because Pepe, for me, it could be that you change it round a bit and Pepe doesn't play. So you have kind of a, uh, a Lacazette and a Bamiyang kind of front two somehow. Um, that means there's obviously going to be the diamond, which Unai Emery seems to have played a couple of times, which I don't like either. So how does that happen is my question. Because what is our best 11? Is that is that far from our best 11? Because I don't think that it is. Yeah, barring Louise for me, I think that's... Yeah, I, I've you know, with the side that I'll go and totally agree, I think Chambers and Holding have got to come in because, mm. as I said the other night, that they're no, they're, they can get, they can certainly be no worse than the other two. Laurel Hardy, I call them now, Louise and, and Socrates. They're, 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 they're a couple of comedy clowns of defending. They've got, I don't want them in that team no more. I don't want to see them ever in a, as a partnership. You know, do you know what? Mustafi gets so much stick and all that. Like, but I'll tell you what, they're as bad as him. And if not, Mustafi could be even better. So I'd go with the two youngsters in there in Chambers and Holding and Bellerin and all that. Like, but just one point I've got to say this. Everybody keeps saying, give him a little bit more time. Um Emery to the end of the season and, and you know everybody's got their opinion and I respect that like but what, what are the likes of Aubameyang and, and Lacazette are they going to wait another year and, and nope. risk their careers and all that I, I think that if this carries on and the way we're playing in January I can see some some letters arriving at, um, at the board's um, uh, well, desk aren't they into, almost into the final year so they, they've either got to, according to Raul um, according to Raul, uh, you've either got to sign a new contract or off. There you go. So, you know, uh, and uh, I think it's a massive... He's got. So, I, I think at the end of the day, his biggest problem, this is what I see, is he's either got to go with... Um, if he's going to play Shaka, he's got to drop Guendouzi. He can't do that. He can't, so he's trying to fit him, shoe on him in the team somehow. And it's going to come down to that as a message. Do you know what I said on the train on the way home yesterday? Do you know what Emery's got? You, I think he's sitting in there opening and praying one of them gets injured so he doesn't have to make that decision. Otherwise, otherwise I think he's under uh, real, real problems. Well, that's not a very good head coach and if he can't make that decision. No, and I think that that's what it's got to come down to. He's got to make that decision, Mike. You know what I mean? Give, because give the choice, guys. Uh, Guendouzi, Torreira, which one do you sell? Sounds uh, it's just a radical thing. Which Torreira one? Torreira straight away. Torreira right away. Anybody else? Yeah, I'd uh, sell Torreira out of them. Two, he's not I being did. used, is he? I don't want to choose from the two because I like them both. But if out of the two, if he had, if you had to do it, say someone held a gun, if someone held a gun to my head, then yeah, yeah Torreira would be. The do you know what I'd do in January? I'll tell you what I'd do in January. I'd sell Torreira in January, right, and then go go to Watford with the money and, and get Decora. Corey, you know the big, the big, strong yeah, yeah, central yeah. midfield player. That is they, what we're crying out for. But will they? We, he would need to then drop Shaka 
to play Decore. He isn't dropping Shaka, and that's the issue. Problem, that's the issue. Well, so listen, as my mate said on the train on that, he'd die on that, he'd die on the Shaka sword. Yeah. Mm. They die on it, you know what I mean? Because he's got to, you know, you know, you play, you, you play a holding midfield player, whoever that be, Torreira, or even you could put Chambers in there or do a good job, you know. Fulham's player of the year last that's, season, that's so he's can play in there. David Luiz yeah. can play Luiz, in there, like, you know? yeah. yeah, play David Luiz. There's three players that can play that role better than Shaka, right? So why is he playing him in there? And then, point, then you've Lee. got the decision. Great point. You've got the decision then of playing. Shaka and Quindosi in that midfield, and and that's the that is where it comes down to is where he's falling down because he will not make that decision, and you know for me there's only one decision to play, and that's you go with Quindosi because he's you know and, and Shaka's going to have to wait and but he won't do it, he won't do it. So if he if he if he does fall on that sword, right? Just one name from all of you who replaces Unai Emery because I would probably. Give it to Freddie, if I'm honest, because I want a younger manager, not an old school manager. So I'd probably go Freddie Lundberg if Unai Emery was to was to go. Trev, go first. Oh Jesus! Talk about put me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> you still awake, Trev? You still awake, mate? It's ten o'clock at night here. It's this old boy's bedtime, and he's jumping out. Bloody hell! Uh, if I had to choose a manager right now to come to the Arsenal, I would have. Uh, I don't know, Lee judges because he's talk sense. <laughs> <at times. laughs> I, I, I think I, I'd go. I, 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 I've said it before. I know people laughed at me when I said it, but Brendan Rodgers would be my first choice. I, you know, but but you know, how are you going to get him out of uh, out of, uh, of um, uh, Leicester? Rafa Benitez would be another choice of mine, and um, I'm. Heart ruling head sort of one, Patrick Vieira. Oh, I'd love Patrick Vieira and um, Patrick Vieira, uh, Freddie Lumberg um, combination. I, I would really like, but um, I, I like some of the German coaches that are out there at the moment. Nagelsmann is, is one um, who's tipped to be the next Bayern Munich manager. I think he was at Leipzig, mm. I, don't, uh, I think he's at well, Munchen Gladbach or whatever, or uh, one, of, one of those teams, but yeah, he's he's meant to be quite good. Um, yeah, so that's 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 who I got. Trev, you still haven't given us a, uh, anybody realistic because Lee's not going to do the job. He, he's too busy drinking Swift's halves. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. If if I had to choose one right this very minute, I think a safe bet would be Benitez because if he's got a bit of money, he, he would Benitez has, has never let anybody down ever. Um, if if one day Vieira, one day Ljungberg. I think it's too soon for them. So if I had to say right off the top of my head, who's who's a proven track record? Who, who's never let anyone down? Probably. Um, who did I just say now? See, I'm half asleep now. Benitez, maybe Benitez. Or oh, what's what? What about the bloke that's at West Ham at the moment? I mean, he got shunted out. Of, he got shunted out of uh, Man City, didn't he? After he'd won the league. Purely yeah. to get Guardiola in, he done nothing wrong when he had a decent team to to manage. So, I don't know. Maybe that would be an option. But uh, yeah, I, I'll, Benitez has never let anyone down. So if we had to do it, Benitez. I thought he was going to say Fat Sam for a second, um, Mike. <laughs> Even though someone's going to say Mourinho, won't they? Oh, you can't say that. You, you, you honestly, the test card will come up when you say that word again. I wouldn't. <laughs> 
No, I wouldn't even have he him. He has any... been mentioned, though, Mike. For, for, he has, yeah. A lot of people are mentioning him. Mm. I agree, yeah. I've seen my it choice. No, no, I wouldn't be mine either. Uh, I don't know. Um, I've been stuck on this one because I've been thinking, like, because Freddie, yeah, maybe take over. If it was going to happen, for instance, if Emery went out tomorrow, for instance, I think Freddie probably would do to the end of the season. After that, not the end of the season. Uh, I don't know Zidane maybe uh, I, don't, I don't think he does anything wrong at Madrid I think the problem he's got there is the board and yeah Ten Hag yeah, is another one yeah he's a good manager so yeah I'd probably go for him I never thought of him thanks Steve uh, Potsy final word on this Listen, I think if Freddie is going to get the job, listen, I I still believe that Unai Emery. I think we've got the uh, enough firepower with Lacazette and Aubameyang to win some That's games. That's what you last night. No, come on, get off the fence. I still think I still think that Aubameyang and Lacazette will score enough goals and we'll get some results. And I think he'll be up by Christmas. I said that I said that he'd be out by Christmas if we don't have those those wins. I said that before the international break, and well, I still we stand haven't got by those that. wins, have we? So come on, like, you know. <laughs> we I don't think we'll go. We just got beat by Palace and Wolves. Who are you having? Come on. That's what I'm saying. I think if we do get beat by Palace and Wolves, then I've, and Leicester, I said as well, then I Lemon. think Unai Emery will have to go. But I don't think that I, I think that we will we will be okay, and I think that he will probably stay till the end of the season. If he does go, I would stick with Freddie um, until the end of the season. And I think Nagelsmann would be probably my shout if he continues the football he's playing at Leipzig. Um, so there we go. I I know you mentioned uh, Brenda Rogers. Um, <laughs> I, I, I hate using that word because it's my mum's name, but uh, it's used in in disrespect to Brendan Rogers. I actually don't want him near the club. Uh, I, I think he's done okay at Liverpool. He's done great at Celtic, and he's doing quite well at at Leicester. But I don't really want him uh, at our club. Listen, guys, um, thank you very very much for your time, Lee. I know it was at short notice, but I did no, want to get you on because no. uh, you were you were um, quite vocal. <laughs> after, after after the Sheffield game. So I appreciate that. Uh, Mike, as usual, um, thank you. Sorry to keep you up, mate. I know you're getting old. No problems, no worries. I know. <laughs> and um, Potsy, thanks very much. Thanks a lot, Ferg. Top, top show, boys. You have been watching uh, another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Uh, we have uh, our YouTube channel, which uh, people can join, which is Guns and Yellow Ribbons. We're on Facebook and we're on Twitter at gunsandribbons.com. Uh, guys, thank you very much and up the arse. Up the arse. Cheers, boys.